Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. Our hope today is that this podcast brings life to you and that you leave this message encouraged, equipped, and empowered to live the amazing life God designed for you. With the word strike, as we've been doing, and uh, the last few weeks we've been on Strike It Rich, talking about what God's heart is for money. In the, in the church, there is so many misconceptions about money, about what God thinks about money, about whether or not we should have money. And the Bible is just flat out good news. It's good news, good news, good news, good news about everything in our life. And you know, um, Luke chapter 4, Jesus, when he came on the scene, the very first part, the very first time he uttered words as he launched his ministry, This is what he said. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm here. The kingdom of God is here. And the very first thing he mentions is that God sent him to bring the gospel, which literally means good news. He said, I'm here to bring good news to the poor. Well, what's good news to the poor? You don't got to stay poor. There's a way out. There's a way out. That's what he's saying. I, I'm here to speak good news to those who are poor, who are in debt, who are in lack, who are hopeless, who don't have money. I'm here to speak good news to those people. And then he also had a whole other list of things. If you're brokenhearted, there's a way out of brokenheartedness. If you are sick in your body, there's a way out of sickness. But if you are poor or you're lacking in any area, there is good news for you. So why don't you turn to somebody that you're sitting beside and say, there's good news for you. There is a way out. There's a way out. You know, if you actually really read God's word and study God's word, you will find from Genesis to revelation from the front to the back. There is good news, even about finances. There's good news about finances. Um, you know, the Bible, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when I spoke, has over 2,000 scriptures about money and possessions. You know, 500 scriptures about faith, 500 scriptures about prayer, but over 2,000 about money and possessions. Why is that? Because God knows it is one of the main pieces of our life here on earth. And he has wisdom for how to handle it, wisdom for how to get it, good news. And the word shows us that it's the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. Good news. Good news to the poor is that there is a way out and that you don't have to stay in a place of lack and there is no sorrow God desires for nothing to be missing and nothing to be broken in your life, in every area, in your relationships, in your emotions, in your work situations, in your money life, nothing missing, nothing broken. You know, from the, when you look and study the Bible, it's full of examples of how God increased people, how God brought increase into people's lives, even supernaturally. There are so many examples in the Word of God how God went past natural things and brought supernatural miracles into people's lives where it concerned money and possessions. And truthfully, when you look at the Bible, the people who loved God, anybody in here love God today? Okay, awesome. 
people just like you and just like me. In the Bible, it shows that God brought them into a place of strong ability financially. If you look at Abraham, if you look at Isaac, if you look at Jacob, if you look at Joseph, if you look at Lot, if you look at Esther, if you look at the children of Israel, and even when you look at the life of Jesus when he came as a baby, you know, when the wise men brought gifts to Jesus, our little nativity shown like, they showed like three little cute packages that wise men brought. But do you know that wise men, there were probably hundreds that traveled with that, that, um, that entourage of wise men. And they actually, when they brought gifts to Jesus, it was God bringing extreme wealth to his family to set them up for what Jesus had to do on this earth. The entire Bible is full of God's heart for us regarding money. So we saw a couple of weeks ago that God just doesn't want you to be well. It's not just a desire. We know he desires above all things that we're prosperous and healthy as our soul prospers. It's not just his desire, but God actually made a way in the finished work of Jesus. When Jesus went on the cross, it was actually part of what Jesus did. Jesus made a way for us to exchange lack, to exchange debt, to exchange um, pressure. He made a way for us to exchange all that about our money life by the work he did on the cross. Just like we can exchange our sin, just like we can exchange our sickness, we can exchange lack, pressure, debt. So let's look at that again. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, you know, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. We also showed that, you know, a lot of people just assume that, oh, God's just talking about spiritual blessings. He's not really talking about things that really affect your life like money or material wealth or possessions. So we actually did a word study, if you'll remember, two weeks ago, and we took out the word rich, the word poor, the word poverty, and we inserted the actual definition from the original text. And I do have to um, correct a mistake I made. I said it was from the Hebrew, but it's actually the Greek, if you know the word. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew originally, the New Testament in Greek, and I shared that I took the original Hebrew words, but really it was the original Greek words. But we're going to throw the definition back on the screen just to show that God wasn't talking just about spiritual blessings. But you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus, though he was wealthy, abounding in material resources, abundantly supplied, abounding rich in Christian virtues and possessions— Yet for your sake, Jesus became a beggar. He became poor so that by his beggary, by his condition of one, destitute of riches and abundance, he could make you to be, let's read this part out loud. He could make you to be rich, to have abundance of outward possessions, to be richly supplied, affluent in resources in order to give blessings of your salvation to all. The truth is, you love God, and I love God, and money in the hands of people who love God can do a whole lot of good. It is not God's heart for people that are, have evil intentions and wicked hearts to control all the money on this earth. And actually, there is so much money on this earth that we, we have the word that that money can come into our hands. Why? So that you can live life, celebrate life with your family, enjoy your salvation and the goodness of God, and 
be a force in this generation for the kingdom of God. You know, we said this before, we're, we're the generation of God lovers in our region. Like if we're not gonna rise up and believe that God's promises are true and take him at his word and enforce his word in our life, if we're not gonna do that, who's gonna do it? How are people gonna be reached? How are people gonna be helped? How are people in Turkey gonna hear the good news if, if none of us have any ability to help and share and give? then people will be lost without God. You know, last week, Pastor Tom challenged us with some questions. He said, when it comes to Bible and, and uh, what the Bible says about money, that we're doing one of two things. We're either looking for a way in to what God says and how God operates, or we're looking for a way out. <laughs> you know what that means, right? Like, have you ever read the Bible and you're like, oh, how do I not do that? Right? What's the minimum that I can do and say that I'm following Jesus? That's just our nature. That's just the, the human nature, the sinful man, to, to not want to give up control and give up trust. We've all wrestled with giving up control in some part of our lives. When it comes to money, a lot of us have had to wrestle with skepticism because the truth is there have been people that have manipulated people. There have been pastors. There have been churches that have mistreated money. That it's true, but that's not everyone, right? And the truth is we've all had to wrestle with something about money. And a lot of times we feel like we're the ones getting like, I have no idea what the wrestling moves are, but you know, like when you're down on the ground, and like they elbow you and you like had to tap out, you're like, I'm out. Most of us feel like that person. But the word says that he's made you the head and not the tail. Like that is not our position. So if it is our position this morning, there's good news for us. And no matter where we are in the spectrum of finances, there's good news for us. Maybe you're in a place of not enough this morning. There's good news for you. You can get to the place of enough. Just getting to the place of enough and not feeling like you're drowning financially, it's a big deal. Maybe you have just enough this morning and you're like, praise God, like I can actually pay my bills and I can eat. That's awesome, but that's not God's full picture for you. God has more. There's good news for you. So maybe that you are, have moved from enough to you have like more than enough. Like you actually have a little bit of room. You feel like you can breathe a little bit. Praise God. But don't stop there. There's more for you. God wants to take you to strong ability financially. And he has the ability to show us how to do that. So today, if you are taking notes, we're going to continue. Today, the title of the message is that he teaches us to prosper. He, God, the one who makes planets for a living, actually teaches us to prosper. That's what the word says. We're going to look at that. But I wanted to start looking at Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, in the New King James Version, because this, again, is an entire passage that Moses spoke to God's people so this is Old Testament, but this is, these are people who loved God, who God had a covenant with. And if you said yes to Jesus, God has a covenant with you and you're his people. And so these words from Deuteronomy apply to you and they apply to me. And we can do with them what we want. So I want to read you God's heart and what God says that he'll do. So it says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. 
Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come at you at one direction, one way, and flee from you in seven different ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, that's all of your accounts, and in all to which you've set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. That's a pretty awesome thing for the God of the universe to say to you because he's in covenant with you. He says, hey, listen, if you do things my way, I promise you all of these things are going to happen to you. You're going to be blessed all the time. When you come in, when you go out, when you're in the country, when you're in the city, your family's going to be blessed. Your work is going to be blessed. Your land is going to be blessed. Your home's going to be blessed. Your pantry's going to be blessed. Even if the enemy does come after you, he's going to be defeated right before your face. And they may, you may feel like he's like an army of enemy is coming at you from one direction, but they'll flee from you in seven different directions because I'm with you. And he says, I'm going to have my blessings actually chase after you and overtake you. This is good news. Good news this morning. And I know that there's a struggle for some of us and probably most of us in this room because we're reading this. We're like, okay. Okay, okay, that's not really how it is in my life. That's not how it is in my reality. And so when we read this word and this passage and all of the word, like two weeks ago, I shared a plethora of good news. And Pastor Tom shared some last week about finance and more good news this week. We have a choice to make. We can either look at the word and we can go, I can see that God says all these things, but in my life, It's not consistent. Like, this is not what I'm living. And so we can choose the way out. We can look for a way out and just dismiss the word of God. Well, maybe it's not true for everyone. Well, maybe because of me, my past, I'm disqualified from this. Well, I don't really know that that's really true because it's really not playing out in my life. So we can either look for a way out of the promise or we can look for a way in. We can acknowledge, God, there are parts of my life that are not like this word. But I'm looking for a way in. 
I'm looking for a way for you to prove to me that I can truly be blessed when I come in and I can go out. I'm looking for a way in God for that, so that I can say that God's blessings literally are overtaking my life. I'm looking for a way into that. We can look for a way in or we can look for a way out. Isaiah 48, 17. If you're looking for a way in, this scripture is what I want to really highlight today and cause us to come up in. Isaiah 48, 17 says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. God is saying, I'm your God. Money is not your God. Your work is not your God. You're not your God. I'm your God. And I can teach you how to profit. I can lead you in the way that you should go. Now, we can look at this in a lot of areas, but let's look at this just in our money life today. Just in our money life. In your personal money life today, God himself is saying, I'm your God. I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to profit. I'll teach you how to do that. I'll teach you how to get there. I'll teach you, and I'll lead you in the way that you should go. I'm your God. So today, as we finish out the second half of this, I wanted to share three principles from the Word of God for how God teaches us to profit. This, this is not exhaustive. These are just things to get us in a direction, going in a direction, but there are three things that God teaches us they're foundational things that we have to know if we follow him. And we want to do things God's way when it, where it concerns our money. There are three things, foundational things, that we should know for how he teaches us to profit. The first one is this, is I must choose to put God first in my money life. This is the biggest wrestle for those of us who follow Jesus, is we actually have to choose. It's a choice, it's a decision, it's a commitment. Is it like I'm drawing a line in the sand? I am choosing to put God first in my money life. I'm choosing that. Matthew 6.33 says this. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. You know, we're if you live like everyone else in the world lives, you're pretty much consumed with what you have to do, what you have to get, paying your bills. Are we going to have enough? How do we get this for our kids? How do we set this up? Can we actually go on the vacation we want? Can we go? Can we pay off that? You know, we're consumed with that. But he says... The first thing that we have to do as believers for him to teach us, begin to teach us how to profit, to teach us how to come up, is we have to put him first. And he says, when you put him first, he'll make sure all that stuff's added to you. We don't have to any longer figure it all out by ourselves. Like we literally have the one who makes planets for a living coming alongside of us to teach us. God's inviting you and me to be taught by him. He's inviting us to be taught by him. Matthew 7, 7 says this, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it'll be open. You know, what is your biggest financial question today? Because all of us have one or 10 or 20. <laughs> what is your biggest financial question today? And let and, and the thing is, like, when we come to financial questions in our lives, 
there's so much, as believers, we, we're not like people without a God. We don't have to live frustrated thinking this is how it's going to be for us. But a lot of us just carry frustration and it feels like, uh, right? And we're trying to figure things out. But what is the biggest financial question you have today? And are you really even considering asking, seeking, knocking where it concerns the Bible? Because the, Bi- the Bible tells us for anything in your life, today we're talking about money, but for anything in your life, whatever you're trying to figure out, if you ask and you seek and you knock and you go after God's way, he says to everyone who asks, for everyone who asks, receives. To him who seeks, they find. And if we knock, it will be open to us. But a lot of times as believers, we just get into this, like we just live in the world and we do things the world's way and we just kind of live with a question mark above our heads for a long time. We kind of breeze over certain scriptures because we really don't understand them and we don't get into the asking, seeking, knocking, so we never get answers. But God's inviting you and me into an invitation. He's inviting us to be taught by him to profit. It's good news, isn't it? God knows everything. Do you know that? Do you know he knows everything? He does know everything. He'll teach us to profit. Point number two today is that the tithe is my action that I really am putting God first in my life. So the first thing we do is we make a decision, God, I'm putting you first. The second thing we do is that we actually have to do what the word says. It's not just the hearers that get blessed. It's the ones who do the word of God. You can hear the word of God all your whole life and never do it, and your life will not change one bit. But when we start doing the word of God, our life transforms. Anybody, has, is that anyone's testimony? When you start doing the word of God, your life transforms. You know, I know Pastor Tom taught a little bit about the tithe last week, and I know that our church is full of tithers, but I also know our church is full of people who have question marks about tithing and what it really is and if it's really true. But the tithe literally means tenth. It means tenth. And Leviticus 27 says that all the tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree or the paycheck that comes from your job or the um, interest that you earn from money sitting in an account, like whatever is coming into you, the first 10%, the Bible says, it is the Lord's. And it's holy to the Lord. So the first tenth of everything, every time increase comes into our life, that top 10%, the Bible says, it belongs to God. So as believers, we're either honoring it, honoring God by giving that tenth to him, bringing it to the house of God, honoring him with that tenth. We're either honoring God with our tenth or we're consuming his, his holy portion. And it's so easy for us to say, God, you're my number one. God, you're first in my life. But actually, we show him he's first in our money life when we tithe. The Bible tells us in Malachi, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me, God said, but you say, how have I robbed God? In tithe and in offerings. You're cursed with a curse because you've robbed me, God said, but bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food and substance in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. The tithe is the entrance to doing money God's way. 
honoring God with that top 10%. Whether, whether your paycheck is $10 and you give him one or it's $10,000 and you give him 1,000, however that 10% looks like in your life, that top 10%, it does belong to God. My top 10% belongs to God. And Pastor Tom and I have tithed our entire marriage 31 years. We'll be married 32 years this year. We got married like we were little. (laughs) Yeah, I was young, but still, 32 years is a long time to say. We We don't teach anything that we don't live ourselves. We tithe, our personal business tithes, this church tithes, our staff team tithes, our leadership team. That's a requirement to tithe if they're on the leadership team. The tithe, why? Because we believe in the blessing it brings to your life. The Bible says that when you tithe, see, the deception is that if, if I tithe, oh, man, like I work hard, and instead of having 100%, I'm only going to have 90%. That's the deception. What really happens is that God makes that 90% go way further than that 100% that you hold on to could ever do. And the windows of heaven are open in your life. What does heaven have or not have? I mean, does heaven have everything that you would ever need? Yes. Is there anything that heaven lacks? No. So when we come up to a need in our life, if we're a tither, we have the right to approach the open windows of heaven and say, God, I have a need. And he says, the windows of heaven are open into our life. Now, there's a lot of times we walk through stuff and it feels like, God, it feels like there is a, like a, a complete closure of heaven over my life. What is going on? He'll teach you. He'll show you. Sometimes we just have to use our authority and tell the devil to get out of our money, to get out of our uh, opportunities and start using our mouth. The Bible says that he creates the fruit of our lips. What are we saying? Those of us who tithe, what are we saying about our money life? Are we saying it's not working, nothing's coming in, business is drying up? Well, you get what you say. That's a biblical principle. Or are we saying, God, I don't know what this little bump in the road is, but you're my God, and the windows of heaven are open into my life, and I command the enemy to take his hands off my money. Ministering spirits, go, and you cause money to come into us. The tithe is the action that we really put God first. Number three, the last point today, is that God's way to multiplied money is actually giving. It doesn't make sense to our heads whatsoever that we would give, but we would receive more. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it will be measured back to you. With the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. With the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. Now this is talking about what we do above our tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord. But after what we give to the Lord, we have an opportunity. The measure we use is what God's gonna use to measure things back into our life. So if we give a dollar, God uses the measurement of a dollar to multiply dollars back into our lives. If we, if we give fives, God is going to use the measure of fives to measure against, to multiply fives back into our life. If we give hundreds, God uses the measure of hundreds to multiply hundreds back into our life. If we give the measure of thousands, God uses the measure of thousands to multiply thousands back into your life. This is the word of God. This is God's system of multiplication. And, you know, I just want to take just one second to encourage all of us who have, um, who have made commitments and who have gone to another level in our giving regarding this renovations project. 
God is not mocked. The Bible says, whatever he says, he will do. And so many of us have gone up into another level of giving because we desire to put God first and we believe in what this vision is of this church family to reach people. And I just want to encourage those of you who may be feeling a little bit discouraged because maybe money isn't coming in as quickly as you'd like it to. I just want to encourage you. God is not mocked. And the thousands that you have put into this building project, God uses, according to Luke 6.38, he uses thousands to measure back thousands multiplied into your life and my life. He does it, and he will do it. So I just encourage you, if you haven't been using your faith and using your words to, to, to say, this is how it's going to be in my life. God, I'm looking for a way into this, and this is how it's going to be for me. I just encourage you, Keep up your speaking over what your money is doing. Keep up your speaking over your financial life. With the measure you use, he's measuring it back to you. Proverbs 11 says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's the generous that prosper. It's those who give freely who become more wealthy. Second Corinthians is the last uh, passage that I'm going to share today. And um, this, if, if you're wanting God to teach you how to multiply your money, I would say land in this passage for land here and let him teach, teach you. Um, you know, we've been doing this passage for a long time, but there is still so much wisdom of God in this passage for us. First of all, he tells us that we have to act like a farmer when it comes to giving, not when it comes to... Um, tithing the tithe belongs to the lord but when it comes to giving god puts giving in a category like farming and he says to the farmer remember this a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop you must each decide in your heart how much to give how much to plant don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for god loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. I mean, that's what we're all going for, right? Let's just pause there. That's what we, we would all love to see in our financial life, that we always have everything that we need and we have plenty left over. I'll say that again, because maybe that you're just like, this sounds too good to be true, but this is a promise in the word. I mean, wouldn't we all like to see that we always have all that we need. We have everything. We have plenty left over to share. I mean, that, that's, that's the good life, right? The Bible says that that, is, that could be the reality for us, that we could share freely and give generously to the poor, that our good deeds would be remembered forever. The Bible says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide. Somebody say, he will provide. Say it again, he will provide and increase your resources yeah let's say my resources say he will provide and increase my resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you yes you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous God invites us into a situation where he himself will teach us how to prosper that he'll teach us how to profit you know, the first week when we started this series, Strike It Rich, I tried to just lay a foundation 
of what God even thinks about money and thinks about you and I having money because again, there's so, mis- so much misconception about money. People have been taught that money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil, but we don't love money. We love God. That puts us in a completely different category. It puts us in a category to be blessed by God, to learn from God, to be um, blessed by God. You know, the word says that he wants you to live the good life, that the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Deuteronomy 28 is full of his heart for you. Second Corinthians shows us how that we can do this. Like how can we take the simple things that we have and give it to God and he multiplies it. Throughout the Bible, God did it. For a lady who was in debt, he gave her the strategy and he filled, he filled the bottles with oil and it just kept coming and it kept coming. Why? So that she could get out of debt and get to a good place, right? God, he did it with fish. G- Peter used, let Jesus use his boat. Peter gave of who, his business. And he said, Jesus, you can stand on my boat. And he was already tired. Things weren't working. He had worked all night and didn't catch anything. And then Jesus approaches him and is like, hey, can I use your boat? He didn't feel like letting anybody use his boat. He didn't even know who Jesus was, but he let Jesus use his boat. And what was the response? Jesus was like, thank you. Now, go take the boat out there to the deep water and cast your nets. He's like, you know what? I've already tried that. Like all night I've been doing that. Maybe that's you today. Man, I've already been trying this thing all night. I feel like it's been a decade that I've really been trying to do this thing. Jesus is like, let me give you a strategy. Go over here. Go to the deep water and put your nets in. Peter's like, "Uh, I'm a fisherman. I know how to do this. I already cleaned my nets. I've already done this all night. It didn't work. There are no fish here, but at your word, I'm going to do it. See that? He walked away from what his flesh wanted, and he's like, God, at your word, at your word, I'm going to do this. At your word, I'm going to do this. And if you know the story in Luke 5, you know there were so many fish that came, it almost started sinking the boat. They had to call partners. Not only were they blessed, but the people associated with them were blessed, and God brought that in. Those are just examples from the word of God, but throughout the word, God shows us he does not lack any any, um, ability to get us to a higher place. We have to seek, we have to ask, we have to knock, we have to align ourselves to what his word says. We tithe and we have to give him something to work with. We give so that the measure that we use, he can use to multiply against. So as we end today, I just have two challenges for you because it's not the people who just hear the word that get results. It's the people who do the word that get results. You could hear all day long, all life long that God loved the world and he sent Jesus. But do you know that if you never personally took a step to ask Christ into your life, even if you knew the story, if you didn't take a step to ask Christ into your life, you would be separated from God. There's always action that's required from us. So I have two challenges today. The first one is this. We do this every year. For those of you who may not be tithing or may not be faithful in tithing, we give a 90-day tithe challenge. And um, what 90, the 90-day tithe challenge is simply this. It's our invitation to you to do what we're doing, to watch God's blessing come into your life. We challenge you for 90 days for the month of March, April, and May to tithe your top 10% to God. Make a commitment. Make a commitment to God and say, God, I'm going to do this. If you, if you desire to take that step, 
You can text that number on the screen, and this is what that does. That goes right into our personal offices, right? And what we do is we just come alongside and encourage you. We're not going to look at, some people are like, are you going to look at my checkbook? I'm like, no. That's between you and God. But we believe in it so much, like, we do not want you to live outside the blessing of God. And it's his word. He will come alongside of you. He will cause that 90% to go further than the 100% ever could. He will open the heavens, the windows of heaven in your life. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will. And so that's that 90-day challenge. That's the first challenge. So if you're in here and you don't tithe, but you're like, you know what? I'm going to take God out his word. I'm going to do something uncomfortable. I'm going to take this step. We just want you to text that number and we'll give you information um, just to encourage you along the way. Second challenge I have is for those of you who already do tithe, but maybe you have not given God that much entrance to teach you to profit. And I know how life is. Like we can hear the word and we can kind of be hot and heavy about something and then just life happens and we're like, God, it's not like I don't believe you, but I'm not actively listening, actively allowing you to teach me. So this second 90 days is for those of us who are tithing, But we want to make a challenge for ourselves along with the rest of our church family to say, you know what, I'm going to take this one question I have financially. Just start with one. Maybe it's your retirement season. Maybe it's getting out of debt. Maybe it's going after paying off something like a car or a house. Maybe it's setting up uh, saving. Maybe that it's in your heart that you really want to do something for the kingdom of God. Like you really want to give toward this building project, but you just don't have it. God says he gives seed to the sower. He'll give you the money to do it. If it's in your heart to, to do something, he'll, he'll bring that money to you. That's part of his promise. So that's what this 90-day challenge is. Take one thing that you're like, I don't really know how to do this, and invite God to teach you over the next 90 days. Now, it might take longer than 90 days, but the 90 days, for us as humans, it's something that we feel we can do this for 90 days. Now, what we're going to do is we're not going to lay out your, your plan but we will encourage you because we're going to do it too. We're going to take 90 days. And we're going to dive into something that we're asking God to teach us how to do. So you can go ahead and text your number to the screen or you text the screen or text the number on the screen and type the word seek and um, we'll encourage you too. But let's allow God to teach us something, right? To bring us up, to teach us how to prosper. Awesome. I really think that if you could just see God's heart for you this morning, see how much he loves you, see how much he wants you to be well, see how much knowledge that he has. It's so easy for God to show us how to adjust a couple things or to move us in a direction to really bless us. So Father, today I just speak over the people here in this church family. God, as one of the leaders of this church family, God, you've given us the ability to speak the word. And God, I thank you that you do create the fruit of our lips. And By the authority of the name of Jesus, I just speak hope to us in the area of finances, first of all. Hope to your goodness. And God, I also speak that we're going to come up. We're going to come up in in financial things. We're going to come up. We're going to come out of uh, the levels that we're in. And we're going to come up, God, because it's available to us and that you're good and you want to show us these things. So um, right now, if you're believing for something like and and not just in a general way, but like if you're really like if you're believing for a job, for a car, for something financially, like you need something, I want you to raise your hand. 
okay? Why don't you just stand? Father, I just thank you that it is not an issue for you to meet every single one of these needs all at the same time. Father, I thank you that your word is true. And if we will just take a step, God, and do what your word says and align ourselves to your word, God, that you will show us how to get these things in our lives. So, Father, whatever these things are that these people need, God, you know. You know exactly what they need. You know exactly where they are. You know exactly how to get these things to them. I just speak, a, I just speak your word today, God. You're the one who meets the needs. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker. You're the one. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that every need is met in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that your word says that you supply all of our needs. So if you're standing, I want you to say this this morning. Say, God promises to supply all my needs, all my needs, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Say, God, I want you to prove yourself to me. I make a decision to do one of these two challenges, to either start tithing, and if I'm tithing, to seek you. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Thank you. You can go ahead and have a seat. Do you believe God can do it? He can. You know, the only thing that God needs is your faith. You can't go sit on the couch and cry. You need to believe God. God can do anything. We don't just preach that. We believe that. He can do anything. There are so many times that God brought us out of financial situations. Some, some of them were our stupid decisions. Some of them were things that were done to us that didn't feel fair. But God has always brought us out. And you know he'll do the same for you. He'll bring that into your life. But he needs your faith. He needs your faith. So take the teaching today and do something with it, okay? Don't just like go on with life as normal. Take the teaching. Listen to it. Ask God. Take his invitation. Let him teach you, all right? Well, the last thing we want to do before you leave today is we always want to give an opportunity. If you're not connected to God, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. The Bible says that God loves you. He loves the whole world, right? And he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And if we believe that Jesus is the son of God, that we'll be saved. So right now, if you would just close your eyes and bow your head for a moment. If you feel that God is knocking on the door of your heart and you know that you need to get your life right with God, we're going to pray a prayer. And if you pray this prayer after us from your own mouth and your own heart, the Bible says that today you can be sure that you will be in eternity with God. So we're all going to pray this together today. So say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross for the sins of the whole world, including mine. I make the decision today to choose you, to turn my back on the life that was and to seek you and pursue you with all my life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Before Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Our hope is that you are encouraged, equipped, and empowered to live out the amazing life that God has designed for you. We pray that this message was fresh air to you. If you made a decision to ask Jesus to become the leader of your life, we'd love for you to let us know. Please text the word YES to 740-387-7778. If you'd like to reach out to Family Life Church, please visit our website at yourfamilylife.com. 
www.thepowerofprayer.org. Thank you so much for joining us. Have an amazing day.